0: Hello and welcome to episode two of the Albion Social, your number one podcast for West Broward Albion content. I'm Brad, I'm from at Albion Insights and today I'm joined by my co-host Alf from the Baggies Bible. How are you doing
1: Alf? Very good mate, very good. Coming off the back of a couple of wins, uh, not much more you could have asked for since our last episode.
0: No, definitely not. I think there's been a, a lot of positives the past past week or so. And um, I think we'll be discussing all of that today. And also looking forward to um, Blues on Friday as well. So let's jump straight into it then. Um, so let's try and reset our minds back to Saturday and just ignore the commotion of last night yeah. and think, yeah. think back a Preston. Yeah. How do you think we played against Preston and what's your general feeling about the Banks as a whole from Saturday's performance? Uh Preston for me was a wonderful performance.
1: I thought it was complete. It was balanced. I thought it was the most, um, again, complete performance that we've put out in arguably years. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we've had some good ones under under Val, under Bruce, under Slav going back. But I think that as an away game to um, a very good side, uh, collectively as we discussed last week, uh, didn't conceive many goals were clinical with their chances and we made them look like amateurs and yeah. there's constant mishaps at the back for them. Um, we was just relentless and after the first goal he was I was so happy that we got that early goal, but then you in the back of your mind, you're thinking, are we going to now sit back and defend our lead? And credit to Carlos, credit to the boys. We did not give them a second to
0: breathe. No, no. I think we, we were all over them from, from minute one. Um, it, we, it was the complete opposite of the sort of the Watford performance where we were back and forth and we give them chances to get back into the game. I think we completely dominated Preston in terms of capitalizing on their mistakes, which we haven't done previously. I think. I highlighted um, Brad Potts in the previous podcast has been somewhere like um, he's not a very impressive player. And that th- that was highlighted on the game as well. He he really did struggle. And we, we sort of highlighted that as a, it was a weaker area and we capitalised on it and we created the chances and most importantly, we converted them. It looked very clinical. Um, I did put a tweet out as well that said that that was our biggest league win since May 2022, which was against Barnsley. And also our biggest away win in the league since September 2021, and that was against Cardiff. Yeah. So it just shows that it it's sort of a um, look back at our previous performances, we were so much more clinical. And the most important thing to hold out there really is that we played without a recognised striker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even I mean, it, was a, it was a ballsy call, wasn't it, from mm. Carlos? Uh, I think it need, BTA needed his rest. Mm. Obviously, played the three games in a week uh, the, you know, the week previous. Um, now we've got another three games in a week. Um, he did need to change it. Um, but Wallace wouldn't have been, I, I wouldn't say many people's choices. Um, uh, not that we've got many no. choices at all. No. Um, uh, but Wallace, he, I felt he ran the line admirably. He did his job. He is, I think his space creation with his runs. Was massively crucial to how the people behind him played. Uh, with especially in the first half with Grady, and every time Grady got the ball, Wallace would stretch their centre backs, and Grady would just run at um, the mm. left centre back. I can't remember who it was, um, but he had them all at sea, and it was it was uh, exciting, to be honest. Which is it's what you want.
0: I, th- I think it may have been Story, who, who he was running at for most of the game. I think he, he giving quite given quite a bad time of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for Wallace, I, I was one of the people who... I didn't criticise the decision to play him as, as a lone centre-forward, but I was certainly quite um, weary of it. It was a very, like I said, ballsy call by Carlos to be able to put someone like Jed Wallace up front, who's someone who's been relatively struggling in performance at the start of the season. Um and yeah, to give him that role up top, fair play to Carlos for sticking with that. And obviously, it's proved dividends as well. I think his running in behind was very intelligent. It's something we haven't seen for a while. BTA is well does he? He does run the channels, and he, he will run them all day on 90 minutes for you. Most of them are not very intelligent runs, and he, he does struggle to hold the ball up as well. I and mean, we've seen that last night against Sheffield as well, where. He'll have the ball into feet or just in front of him and he does re- really struggle to bring that down and, and sort of trap the ball and i think jed done that quite well to bring others into play. with with the garner and swift he, he brought players into play and it worked yes yeah, <laughs> it just worked yeah but i, I think it was the, the right decision to, to revert back to uh bta last night even though he did struggle i think Jed is a long-term number nine, just isn't going to work, maybe against the, the personnel that they we're playing on the week, maybe here and there, but I think Jed's best out wide still, in, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, I thought, um, yeah, but he, he played well in that central position, and arguably, it's maybe his best performance in a good while. Yeah. So maybe it's something to look at going forward, but I do agree with you. I think Jed's, uh optimal position is with uh chalk on his boots getting up that line yeah getting getting balls into the box and it's the jet that we saw under carlos um when he first came in mm. um so but it, it's it's good to have an option while we haven't got any um and it's something that i think like you say i think bta coming in right thing to do because he's a, you know a striker arguably mm. um and yeah um against a different brand of football certainly uh you need a bit of upper body strength which i think bta possesses not to a great extent uh but it's definitely the right decision
0: mm. I'd say. and then just moving on to um Two other star performers, really, for, for yeah. from the weekend in uh, John Swift and Alex Mowat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think that both of them have just been massive, massive overhauls for this team that very needed overhauls as well. I think Swift playing in that new sort of new position, like a free round position now, where he, he will start out on the left wing or he will press from the front or drop back and collect the ball. I think it does really suit him. But I also think that Mowat gives him that license to go forward and play in that free role. Where Malumbi didn't really offer that, and the reasons right. for that, really, in my opinion, is that Mo so much more composed and that quality on the ball. It doesn't mean it means that Swift doesn't have to drop so far deep to pick up the ball to try and progress the play. he yeah, can, yeah. can allow Moet to be, be that sort of um, cipher for the ball to become through middle of, middle of the pitch and then receive it on the half turn and then pick pick his pass out, which is what he's best at. Whereas mm-hmm. Malumbi's, unfortunately, as much as I, I love the bloke. Yeah. The, second, the second he passes the halfway line, he gets a nosebleed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Moa, yeah, he's just, I, you're watching him and he's head and shoulders above Malumbi. Obviously, if there was a player that was Moa and Malumbi combined, then. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable football player. Um, but yeah, Moetz, I feel, transformed our midfield. He's made Jakushlu better. Mm. Uh, like you say, I think he's supported Swift. Swift doesn't have to drop as far as he maybe was doing. He could just hold his uh, positions between the lines, which he seems to be picking up a lot more. And I think he's aided uh, Phillips. As well, because Phillips has got someone to bounce off, and Peters, left centre back, has got someone to pass into in the middle. So, he's, you know, this guy's he's the messiah. He's, <laughs> he's but he's, his performances uh last, you know, three games, just superb. I mean, man and match in each of them. Yeah, going forward good. at the back, <laughs> fantastic.
0: I think that there were a fair, a fair few performances at the start of the season where Molumbi um, and Kuster were both receiving the ball on the half-turn in the middle middle third of the pitch from Crow yeah. or Peters, and they were losing the ball. They weren't turning quick enough. That They were losing possession in vital areas. And Mowat's come in, and he's able to do that. He can pick the ball up from, front from the centre-back. He can turn. He can pick a pass. He can take a man on. He, can, he, can, he has that intelligence about to know, okay have two players around me, I need to play this ball back rather than trying to beat, beat a man where it's not needed. Yeah, I think he's... Like I said, like I said Malumby was arguably our best player last season. Yeah, I, I really do love him and I think that he's he's a player that will be worse for, for a long time and he, he will get his chance again this season. But for now, to bring the best out of your custody, which was needed because he's been poor himself... Moa and Nikusli is the centre mid pairing, and I think it will be for a while unless there are injuries.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you can, I think you can see uh, Yekushlu being the main uh, partner for Moat and I think you can see um, Malumbi coming in for him um, on occasion mm. because he's got the legs. That is, and to be fair, it's a huge asset from the bench. If you're chasing a game or you're defending a game, that kind of energy level is fantastic in the 70, yeah. 75th minute. So he'd he'd have he'd have a massive part to play this season, whether he's starting or not.
0: Yeah. Especially with like having time on the bench as well. But when when he comes off off the bench, he'll be like a dog let's let off of a leash. Yeah. Yeah. With his energy, yeah. energy levels, he'll be wanting to prove yeah. a point. His what his will improve. Yeah, so I think it, it's only a bonus that we have th- this sort of dilemma with the sentiments oh, yeah. that that we've lacked in recent years. Yeah, so yeah. I think <clears throat> OK is definitely improved the past couple of games, and long long might continue. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's
1: I think that's the key to promotion is you have a player like you, Kuschler. The key is make him playing like Yukushli. Yeah. And this season so far, I've been wondering who's been wearing number 35 for us yeah. because it's not okay, Yukushli, man. No. <laughs> but the two the, these last two games, um, getting back to his best, definitely. It's great to see.
0: Okay, then. And um, I think let's move now on to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, yep. Obviously, last night we played the Owls at home. It was a 1 0 victory for Albion. And. In my opinion, it was a very professional performance.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I think I've had quite a bit of backlash <laughs> on, on Twitter or X, as, as it's called now. <laughs> um, certain people who wrote the game didn't feel the same way as I do or, or as Alfie does. That yeah. The system that Carlos is trying to play or implement in the team now is one that works for us with the personnel that we have at the moment. And... Um, that's something we'll get to get onto in a little while. So, in terms of the lineup that Carlos went with, there was one change from Grady Dean in Garner into Thomas Asante, and Wallace Wallace was pushed back at wide again. Um, how do you think this affected uh, our um, tactical setup for the game?
1: Oh, well, I thought from the off it felt a lot like a direct continuation of the Preston game. Um, we were buzzing about, we were interchanging really well. We were smothering them. The first, first half hour, our counter press was absolutely fantastic. It was like, we'd keep the ball for a, a period and then we would try and met the pass. We might, and then we'd, we'd lose it, but then we'd get it straight back because we'd just be straight back onto them. And I thought it was really impressive. Um, So I don't don't think the change has made too much of a difference to what uh, Carlos was trying to do. I think it just dropped off a little bit. And I think it's natural because, you know, we played on Saturday and it's a high-intensity way of playing against a low block that's hard to break down. Not as as bad as Sheffield Wednesday are. And they'll admit that themselves. They're probably the worst side in the league. But there's... a five man defence is hard to break down because there's five people there so um yeah i um yeah tactically i was glad to see it continue from uh, preston um i just a shame it's it dropped off a bit but like you say professionalism saw it through and in the end it was comfortable
0: Exactly, and I think the the first half was very impressive. I think we were um quite set up quite well. We obviously scored as well through Swift, through Swift, quite a well worked goal. Um, a good run by Wallace, and a nice cut back into the box for John Swift is what we want to see. Yeah. I think that these are the two players which we wanted to sign. Um, when when Gourlay actually signed them, and that they are starting to show that the class now the championship. I feel like, um. I think obviously, start of the second half, we did slow down quite a bit. I think this is actually instructed yeah. by Carlos, if I'm being completely honest, which I don't think will go down well on Twitter, but I think it may have been instructed <laughs> by Carlos because when you look at it with the, the bigger picture, we've played three games in six days. Yeah. Two of them against Preston and Blues, which are very physical physical size or have been, and Preston have been probably one of the most informed teams in the division so far this season. Obviously, they have that they were unbeaten before us. So when you look at it, and you look at the size of our squad, there's a massive risk of injury here. There's not a lot of rotation rotation options in terms of our defence. We don't have the quality and depth, so we're having to field the same 11 essentially most weeks. Yeah, And to have three games in one week, this is where the players like Kipre and Bartley and Peters pick up these, these little knocks to keep them out for three or four weeks. And <clears throat> this is a game against Sheffield Wednesday where you don't want to over-exert yourself when you don't have to. Yeah. is, is, is the, the big point. It, but why in a game where they're not pressing you, they're not putting you any pressure at all on your defence, why would you keep on trying to hammer a door which isn't going to open?
1: Yeah, no... <laughs> I've not, I didn't think about it like that, to be honest. Uh, it's a fair point. Totally a fair point. Um, we cruised to the victory. And I think, like you say, that might have been what Carlos was going for. Just take it easy. Keep the ball. Um, and see it through. If we score again, which um, we we could have. Do you know what I mean? it oh, wasn't yeah. terrible in the second yeah. half going forward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw it through. But I I thought at half-time, I think um, Cisco, their manager, I think he made a a bit of a tactical change. And I think Carlos failed to respond to that a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, obviously, subs, uh, I really didn't like his subs, to be honest. I thought they was odd and ineffective at the stages of the game that that was made. Um, Car- uh, Townsend on for, for Phillips. Phillips was Phillips had the run of the run of the field against uh, their right back uh, Palmer, I think it is. Yeah. Um. He, he had him on toast, and you just you <laughs> withdrawing him. And it just felt a bit like a, a slightly negative change. And obviously Tanzan is a left back playing left wing back. And then I think the Dean Garner sub is maybe the right one, but at the wrong time. I don't see what. Mm you bring in Dean Garner on in the 85th minute, but you know, I've just got to check myself there. We've won the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you can't, you can't be overly negative. It's just something I, uh, you know, something that's just n- niggles away at your head. Do you know what I mean?
0: No, For I me. think I think it's fair. I mean, even when <clears throat> even when you, you've been four 0 you can always pick out points where you go, okay, we could we could improve in that area. It's just the type of brain that you have. I mean if you look, you're looking at a 1-0 and you go in, okay, there are some negatives, there are some positives, but the build end audit is is, we've won the game. Yeah. And the, the most important thing at the moment now is the three points. Yeah. Definitely. So I think the, it's fair to have a, a negative criticism of something to say, okay, well, why was Phillips brought off? Well, why was Townsend brought on? It's quite a negative substitution. But again, it's, I'll go back to the point of, Phillips has an absolutely abysmal injury record in the past three, four years. (laughs) Is is, is he a man that that can complete 90 minutes regularly on a regular basis? I don't don't think he is. And again, it's that thing of, do we need someone on who's going to constantly try and beat a man, take someone on when we're comfortably winning the game? And I think Townsend Townsend may not have been the right substitution. I think I, I agree with that. But then who does he bring on instead of Phillips? Because Phillips yeah. does, does need that rest as well.
1: Yeah, I do. I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't see why he's not brought Pippa on. Um, mm. Obviously, he brought him on at left wing back against Preston. Yeah, um, Clearly, that's where, you know, he wants to play him. Mm. Um, seeing as... He's not took Furlong off in that situation. It's all he was doing was giving him a few minutes. Do you know what I mean? That's true, that's
0: true. So
1: uh, clearly he's a, you know, he sees him as a left wing back back up to Phillips. Uh I think if you you make that sub, bring Pipper on, he gets a few he gets twenty minutes, half hour, he gets to have a go at the uh at their full Um and it's just I don't know, it's just a generally more positive change. Um but I do hear what you're saying. Obviously Phillips is uh yeah. Injury prone, is probably understating it. Um, I mean, there's been periods of his career where you feel like he's made a glass. So, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the, it's it's the same decision. Um, it's just yeah. something that at the time you just kind of think, ah, oh, bloody hell, Carlos, you know what I mean? But yeah, you think you got to look back at these things and maybe the, the gaffer's right, you know, as a, a qualified I individual.
0: I think... Hearing your point there about Pippa, I think I would actually agree with that as well, that Pippa would have probably been the better substitution than, than Townsend. I think I would agree with that now as well. Yeah. Um, He just offers offensively and defensively probably a better option than Townsend. So yeah. I, I think I would agree with that as well. And I think bringing on Dean Garner with, what, four minutes to go of, of regular time, I think maybe that was just one of those subs where you're trying to waste a bit of time with it at the end of the game. But... At that point, Sheffield Wednesday were down to 10 men, that they were having more of the ball, they were creating chances. I think it's probably just one of the subs just to try and break down, break down times, have just a, a bit of a relaxation period in between the the pressing from Sheffield Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in terms of Sheffield Wednesday, the last thing that we wanted to sort of talk about was the system that Carlos has implemented. With the planet from the back, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> So th- this is a massive, massive bugbear for me at the moment, and I think it has been for you for a couple for a couple of seasons. Really, the Albion Boo Boys, as, okay. as a, a, a lot to call them. Yeah. We we've implemented a system here with Carlos where we like to play it from the back. We can see with with, with the eye test that recently it, it's improved. We've brought Carl Bartley back in uh, to the starting lineup. He's parallel on pan- pan- Maldini with the ball at his mm-hmm. feet. <laughs> Cedric Kipre and Peters are all looking more comfortable on the ball. And last night, we there was a, a point where Carl Bartley had the ball at his feet for what felt like a few minutes. Yeah. And there was zero pressing for Sheffield Wednesday, and he was sitting with the ball, 60 70th minute, and he got booed for standing, standing with the ball trying to try and bite the press yeah what's it's, your thought what what, <laughs> what is your uh, thought on, thoughts on it's,
1: it's absurd it's absurd um, i think i think it comes down to it, it what makes me laugh is that a lot of these fans are um staunch supporters of carlos but then they boo a player doing what carlos has told them to do mm. like, clearly Carlos wants us to play out from the back. Carlos is trusting now Kipre and Peters and Bartley and Semi when he plays um, to play out from the back. He's trusting Bartley. Bartley's not just standing there and going, yeah, I'm going to bait the press now, just out of the blue. Mm. This is work time. This is work time. So it's it baffles me that you can say, I really like Carlos, but then boo his tactics in in essence, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just brainless to me. And, uh, would these people prefer it to just be lumped up the pitch and then headed back? Uh, we come under more pressure. We might concede bloody bra. I mean, it goes back to, uh, a goal we scored the Sarmiento goal, I think at home a few, a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, And we were passing it around the back. It was under a bit of pressure. And you could hear the whole ground just kind of groaning. And Oh, get it forward. Get it out. And we passed it out. We went up the other end of the pitch. And we scored. Instead of just lumping it up the pitch, their big centre-half goes, Oh, I have that back. Back under pressure. But
0: it's, it's a massive source of frustration for me. Exactly, and I think we've only really improved in the past couple of weeks as well we, with someone like Mowat in, in the team as well with that because yeah. and, and having someone who's so comfortable on the board yeah. in, in the half space and, and turning and playing the ball out only helps people like Kipre and Bartley and Peters because it gives them yeah. another option, another sensible option to play to. And I just don't see how, as you say, people can say, I, I love Carlos, but I don't like his tactics. Yeah. How, it it, it doesn't work like that. No. I think he's a, he's a very um, knowledgeable coach. He has a a lot of experience in football and we seriously need to start backing Carlos and the lads and the system that is implemented. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, the football that is being, you know, groaned at and booed at is the exact same football that you see Man City and Arsenal playing. Now we've not got John Stones. We've not got uh, William Saliba, but
0: we've got Carl Bartlett.
1: <laughs> we've got Carl Bartlett. Uh, for, uh, they can keep them too. Um, but is that not what we should aspire to be? Is it? Are we supposed to just say, "Oh, our players aren't as good as Man City, so we can't play football? We mm-hmm. just have to get rid of the ball. It's, I don't see what these what the people who are kind of groaning and booing want the team to do, just only pass forward until the ball goes over a line. So
0: it's... I, I think we, we've been crying out for sort of like a philosophy for the past couple of years. But we've had a, a massive changeover of managers from from Ismail to uh, to Slav, where the, it's all different sort of philosophies of football, and we've been crying out for a consistent manager with a consistent philosophy who can build the players around his system, yeah. essentially. We've because and we have it and, and we're still complaining and we're we're in beaten in five with four clean sheets we're sitting in fifth place yeah what what I mean, what, what, what is it to, what is it to complain about
1: well yeah i mean and to be honest um like i said to you before we started um we at the game i was trying feeling myself getting not frustrated but feeling a bit nervous and uh we we should be keeping the ball better bloody But then, like you say, I think uh, you kind of have to go away. Look at the facts. Like you say, four out of five clean sheets is absolutely brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant, especially from what we were, having to win games with three goals. We can win games with one goal now. Um, Unbeaten in five. Um, You know, and we're looking good. Um, And that's what you've got to take
0: from it. Mm. That is what you've got to take from it. And I think it's <clears throat> as I, as I said to you beforehand as well. I think it's a completely different feeling being a fan inside the ground watching the game live than it is watching it at home on the telly. Yeah, it, it is, and I completely get that. Um, but the, the last thing that I think that anyone should do, really, is is boo those type of performances because no. if you look at the, our record over the past five, six, seven years, those are the games that that we draw. Essentially, but, but when yeah. it comes to it, we, we draw those games in the past four or five years. Yeah, so yeah. to be able to come away with that, with us dominating 80% of the game, 90% of the game, and we come up with all three points with the, the second game in what four days. There's no negatives there for me.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I can, I completely agree. I think you, I think it's a pertinent point you make with the uh. The amount of times since um, we've come back down to the championship that I've come out of games and I've been in games and I've thought, this team that we're playing is absolutely tragic. <laughs> but we've lost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's like, it's exactly like you say. that game yesterday is its the perfect scenario for the ex- that to happen, where we just they are a really bad football team but yeah. we've got through it and previously over the last couple of years
0: we've struggled too so it's it's yeah, it's yeah, only positive for me I think the last point I want to make on Sheffield Wednesday is that it's the championship any team can beat any team in the league it doesn't matter if they're unbeaten in 14 or haven't won in 14 any team can beat any team so it's about to come away from any game with three points it's a massive win
1: yeah yeah and I think what you got to remember is you look at these uh, basement boys as you know the whipping boys but these teams have got to win at some point and yeah. every every week that they don't win they need to win the next one even more exactly so and you're in that firing line do you know what I mean and mm. it, you've got to be careful not to come undone um just through sheer we need to win this next game and uh yeah, I'm, I'm just glad we got
0: through it, to be honest. Okay then, so let's move on to um, Blues away uh, on Friday. Uh, our good old neighbours, Blues. What a what a game this should be, eh? So, uh, obviously, we're coming off the back of unbeaten uh, in five, two wins our last two, seven points from the possible nine in the last three. Very good performances. Blues, on the other hand, they've relatively struggled in the past five or six games or so. They started the season quite well with four wins in four and all competitions, and then went yeah. on a bit of a losing streak, uh, losing four and six, and hadn't won in six games. And then actually managed to pull out a four-one victory over Huddersfield last night, which was very impressive. Miraculous. <laughs> um, how do you think Blues are set up differently this season? What, what, what's different with our personnel? Uh, how do you think that they could actually hurt us on Friday?
1: Um, I mean anyway, because I've said a few times to people, um, as much as people don't want to admit it, it's a derby day. It goes out the window. The players that they've got, the players that we've got, all the form, I think it goes out the window. Um, mm. But on the day, I think you've got um, Dembello. Serious danger, man. Um, yeah. a, a real coup for them. Um, obviously, I think I think he started the season well. I think he got injured, didn't he? And he's come back uh,
0: since I'm not sure I don't, I don't, you know, keep up with the blues. Yeah. He, he was in um, for about five games and through those five yeah. games, they lost lost three of them. So, so he's, he's
1: a top quality, uh, championship player. And, uh, one that you've got to keep an eye on, um, or he'll hurt you. And that's,
0: that's how games are won and lost as we well know. Mm. I think I've been very impressed with the full-backs this this season as well with Coda Drama. Drama, yeah. Yeah, he's he's been a massive, massive signing for them. I'm not so sure how much he's started um, in the last couple of games, but I think to go from Luton last year, getting promoted, showing that he's good enough to play for a top-level championship club, going back to Leeds, who signed um, Jed Spence from Tottenham. Yeah. I think I would have preferred to
1: keep Cardiff kind of drama to be honest. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I was when it come up. I think we had a little tentative link, didn't we, on deadline Ooh, day? It is, it is. And I'd have been over the over the moon with that. Uh, were, when I saw it, you feel like yeah, that would be a massive coup. So again, yeah, drama is one. Obviously, Stansfield has took took like a duck to water in the championship, mm-hmm. scoring goals. Um, and, uh, yeah, and a player I really like from Blues um, is Deion Sanderson. I think he's a really good centre-back, a modern centre-back. And... Uh, X-Wolves. X-Wolves, yeah. So he's, you know, half Brummie, half Dingle, which is, you know, <laughs> God almighty. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big fan of his... Uh, yeah, he's a dominant centre back, um, which obviously there's no shortage of in the championship. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I think we might have, he might need to come up with that Wallace, uh, his movement, as you said, with his intelligent runs, to kind of draw him out—an unconventional way of,
0: yeah.
1: you know, uh, attacking the centre back. I think
0: I'd be interested to see. I think that, that's what I need to go back to as well when I said about Jed earlier. I think, yeah, it might not be his best position playing as a centre-forward, but I think it also depends on the opposition. And I think the Blues would be a perfect opportunity to actually utilise Jed again as a lone centre-forward. Well, i say and, but having players play off him at either side. Yeah. I think it, his physicality that he has, it, it it's needed against someone like Deion Sanderson, as you said, he who's he was quite a tall lad. But also, I think the main battle that's going to be is the midfield. If you look yep. at that their midfield of Ivan Suñé and Christian yes. Bale, it's just an, an immense sort of physical uh, yeah. battle in there, and we, we really need someone like Lukosevicius to be on his A game.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think thinking about it, when you've got two, you know, destroyers like that, mm. obviously not not to discount their ball playing abilities, but I think that's. It's what they're you know their speciality, uh, yeah. good in the tackle, um, uh, strong. I think you might have a case for going back to the and Malumbi or packing mm. out the three with the all three of them, Moat Ukushlu Malumbi, because I think that's obviously Moat has been fantastic and I'd had to drop him, but he's maybe his one weakness his uh, physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a terrier, don't get me wrong. He gets himself about, and he he's strong in the tackle, but he's a smaller player and he's, you know, he ain't, he ain't got the best legs in the world. Yeah. So it's, uh, I'd imagine he'd keep him in, don't get me wrong, but I'd, I'd be interested to see how he plays that with uh, such a physical midfield for
0: Blues. I think that there was um, one challenge I specifically I, I can think of with Mois where, it was a massive 50 50 edge of the box and it ran towards it and he just yeah, smashed but, it. Yeah. Well, he, he, he sort of backed out from it with, with Mo. He, he He backed out, he pulled out. And I think he realised that and went, Well, I, I need to be more physical. And in the yeah. second half, he came back out and he was diving into challenges and he was yeah, yeah. putting himself about more. I don't know if, whether that was instructed by Carlos, but yeah, but when I seen him sort of back out that challenge, I thought, Well, that's something where Malumbi has the upper edge on him because he wouldn't yeah. to back out of a challenge. and The question is, in a derby where it's very heated and and we've seen from Blues the past couple of years, it it has gotten more heated. Hmm. Do you want someone like Molumbi in there, Arthur Mois, who's more a technical footballer than you want Molumbi who's a passionate footballer who who will will give you the 110%?
1: Yeah, it's a tricky one Um, because of how good Mois has been. And obviously, we've been singing his praises. I was saying that he's elevated every single player that he's he's, played with. Yeah, but I think I do think it's something to think about.
0: Like I say, with that physicality in their midfield. Personally, I think Moet will start, <clears throat> but I just I think there'll be a lack of space and time for him, which he has seen against Preston and Sheffield wins the past couple of games. That people will be on his back. People will be pushing him over and getting get in his face. And
1: yeah.
0: I think we'll see on Friday how he reacts to that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the only. Th- thing I can say is that Moat is good in the tight spaces. He's good at the one twos. Mm. Um, so I think that's obvious that it's the natural way to defend against a player like Moat is to suffocate him of space, um, which I would imagine uh, Sunčić would be, you know, uh, tasked with doing. Mm. Um, so maybe it'd work well, work, work fine. Um, with little with little space, because he's got the technique, he's got the the IQ to kind of um, get himself out of those situations. So we'll see.
0: Well, that's a headache for Carlos in the yeah. next in the coming yeah. days. He can have that one. <laughs> Just one one last thing to note: uh, Jeremy Sarmiento has been uh, rolled out for the next four weeks as well, um, so he'll miss up until Hull, I believe, um, on the fourth of November. Um, it, it, it's a huge, huge miss, really. I, I think he hasn't um, had a massive impact the last couple of game weeks, but to lose any player at this stage in the season is a, is a huge loss. And I think Carlos has echoed that as well, that losing any player is a massive loss, especially with our squad depth as well at the moment. So, we wish him a speedy recovery, and hopefully when he when he returns, he's uh, on his A game for Hull. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it's a shame that he's a uh... 'Cause you're kinda of waiting for him to properly integrate, aren't you? He's probably start mm. a few games and it's obviously been delayed now for a month or so. So, um but yeah, it's a shame. But uh I'd like to see fellows get a get a bit of a shout. Mm. Um while Toes out. What have you got to lose? Obviously not in the you know, tight situations, but it's something I'd like to see personally.
0: Okay, I think we've just a bit run out of time for today's episode. So thank you if you made it all the way through it's gone a little bit over again but, um, thank you for listening to the albion social uh, my name is brad so i'm with my co-host alf thank you all for joining me today as well Yeah, man. thank you thank you for listening
1: everyone it's been a, a pleasure chatting
0: rubbish in the next few weeks as well we'll be having um, more people on more fans And we'll also start diverse and sort of content with questions and more interactiveness with, with, with the podcast. So again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.
1: See you later, guys.